Welcome to another episode of the Creative on Purpose broadcast, conversations about finding fulfillment through more meaningful work. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Creative on Purpose, available on Amazon, or visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com to get started with free chapters. Let's meet today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Creative on Purpose broadcast. Uh, I'm here with my favorite person in the whole universe, Lisa Perry, my partner in life and love and in crime. And we're having a special bonus episode here today where we're going to be talking about creativity and commitment. So if you'd like to learn more about Creative on Purpose, and if you'd like to get started with some tools and some concepts and a process for developing and delivering your excellence, you can go to BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. You can check out all the freebies there, and you can enlist and enroll in the free preview and get started right away. So um, this is really fun, and this is really exciting. Lisa and I were, for a couple of years, uh, both involved in a project where we were collaborators and partners. It was called Abundant Uncertainty. And that was years, months, months. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I say years. It just okay. seemed like a couple of years. No, um, it was really fun and exciting project. And although it didn't last because we didn't know who it was for, or what it was for, or what change we were seeking to make, it was fun. It was really fun. And people enjoyed these broadcasts and seeing us on camera together. So yesterday when we were taking a walk, or I guess it was two days ago when we were taking a walk in the snow, uh, I said, hey, why don't you be a guest on my broadcast? And Lisa said, sure. <laughs> He's telling a lie. <laughs> I'm telling an untruth. So one of the things that I'm really, really proud of um, that came out of that project was Lisa is naturally. I'm an introvert. So she's not somebody that, that is naturally inclined to be public and to put herself out there in live video or video or pictures or anything else. And the very first time we broadcast live for Abundant Uncertainty, she literally almost jumped out of her chair <laughs> and left the room. Um, and But she didn't. She enlisted her courage and she made it through. And then the next one was a little bit better. And the next one was a little bit better. And when we stopped after three months or so, you, you actually said a, a, a while later that? Well, I missed it. And before we did this episode today, I told Scott that, you know, it's, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, you fall off and you have to get back up and get back on. But if you haven't ridden a bike in a long time, when you ride it that first time again, you're a little shaky, but you remember what to do. And then you just start pedaling. So I'm pedaling. So what did we do this morning? <laughs> what did we do this morning? To prepare. Oh, to, well, we actually had a run through because I insisted that I'd be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we practiced, which yes, is all part something that's really important, obviously, in the creative, in any creative endeavor, in any endeavor. And uh, so we're here today to talk about creativity and commitment. So as I mentioned, Lisa and I, have, um, we well, we actually just celebrated the anniversary of our, the 30th anniversary of our very first date last month. Uh, shortly before Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Shortly after Valentine's Day. Shortly after Same Valentine's difference. Day. And <laughs> because I know exact the exact dates of both of those days. And <laughs> and um, we uh, it's it's something that is probably more important 
to us than Valentine's Day for sure, but in oh, a yeah. way even more val- even more important than our actual anniversary because it was um, you know when our journey together right. started. And you know, in terms of thinking about it as a as a creative enterprise, we are inherently social beings, and we have a prehistoric imperative to uh, find seek a mate and to procreate and to further con- and to continue the, the the tribe and the species and relationships are really important especially loving and intimate re- relationships and they have to be entered into um, with a, a specific motivation intention and aspiration but of course they're also en- entered into with a lot of passion and emotion but it's always a time that we get to kind of reflect on mm-hmm. our journey and so tell everybody about how we met the real story <laughs> any story you want to tell sweetheart we met uh probably through a mutual friend but we met in a pub that's the truth and we met through dancing we met through dancing right? and music right we want to see the same band uh, we went to see a band every Sunday at the Marbledale Pub in Marbledale, Connecticut, where, uh, which was close by to where I was teaching at the Scott time. I was a teacher, and he played um, open mic gigs in this pub. And Lisa worked nearby in Danbury, mm-hmm. and uh, she was at a law firm, and I was teaching at the Kent School. And right. uh, I guess we were aware of each other for a while before we met, but we met um, basically because my friend Doug, who had who had aspirations of her own, of his own for Lisa, um, didn't show up one day. And being the opportunist that I am, I seized the opportunity. He sent you. Did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? Do you remember? I do now. He yeah. said he was going to be late. He tell, sent you t- because he didn't tell want Lisa, to be I'm gonna be late. waiting. So two hours later, I asked Scott out on a date. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. And that's and, how we started. And I almost said, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So we had our first date, followed very quickly by our second date, and within a month, I think we, you had decided because I was moving to Maine to teach uh, to take another teaching job, uh, and within a month I asked you to marry, and we got engaged, and I went to Maine, and we went to Maine, and began our journey together. Right. So obviously, um, you know there was, and, and I think that our journey together began because of everything that led up. up to that moment for each of us. I mean, we both had obviously had a lot of relationships at that point, a lot of, um, a lot of experience with knowing who, who we, the kind of people we didn't want to be married to. Uh, and we met at a time when we were both really clear about Mm -hmm. what we wanted next and what we were, what we each were seeking in terms of, uh, furthering our development as people and professionally. Right. And we both wanted to start a family at some point. And so that's what we did. So just the idea of going into something, even, even a passionate, emotionally laden adventure uh, with a certain degree of motivation, intention, and aspiration, I think has really helped us survive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, putting up with Scott Perry for 30 years, no small feat. I wouldn't say that's True. And it, of course, the same could be said in reverse, perhaps. <laughs> Not yes. that I ever would say such a thing. But what I think we do well, um, our friendship for each other is probably the most important thing. 
and, you know, obviously our love. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always been. So I when, didn't say that right. When Lisa, <laughs> well, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. So okay. when Lisa I and I got married, I was going to be a teacher for the rest of my life, a school teacher. I taught at private schools and I, taught, I was a history teacher at the Kent School, uh, previous to that at Phillips Andover in a summer program. And then after that, Wayne Fleet um, in Portland, Maine. And Lisa was uh, working in law firms as a paralegal, but had a side hustle of her own that she was hoping to develop into a, a an entrepreneurial enterprise. And so she thought she was marrying a school teacher who was going to take summers off and travel the world. And I thought that she was going to make a pile of money and I was going to be able to retire. And that's not <laughs> the way that things worked out. Uh, well, you had a side hustle too. So as a musician. Look, right. If you look back at that, we have always had a side hustle. We have always been creatives at heart, entrepreneurial at heart. And We've taken turns over the year, you know, who had the real job mm-hmm. to bring in money and supported the family while the side hustle thing was going. And, you know, we just have kept that going back and forth. We are, what I was getting at with the friendship is we are strong supporters of each other and of um, each other's endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I'll just commit it to each other's journey right. to develop ourselves and to develop our and our own enterprises. We've always, one of the reasons that we started Abundant Uncertainty all that time ago is for almost 30 years, we've always wanted to do something together right. as a enterprise, as a, as, as an endeavor. And, and we've never found we something still and we may still, but um, you know, Lisa gets, has my, my back in all of my endeavors, musical teaching and and online. And I have Lisa's back and all the things that she's doing. And the the whole thing about our journeys, taking all sorts of pivots and tacking and uh, complete changes. Of course Uh, we've, we've always, always been committed to staying together and to supporting each other and to making the, the best of every situation and circumstance we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And so it's this another tying back into the creativity theme. It's, it's been a big, big improvisation and like every improv- improvisation. Some of them have been really sweet and harmonious and, uh, and consonant. And some have been uh, full of discord and, and uh, uh, dissonance and tension learning experiences um, but all. yeah those those experiences all mm-hmm. so I, i'm a firm believer that we learn far more in our quote-unquote failures than we do in our successes i agree and uh that's and brought us to where we are today this very moment yeah. if if failure builds character these two we got character to spare <laughs> so and and that has has also um, informed our journey as parents. We have two mm-hmm. sons. Uh, Spencer just celebrated his 28th birthday. Holy right. cow. Spencer, and Spencer's getting married uh, this June um, to uh, a gal that we just absolutely adore, Danielle. And uh, our youngest, our little boy, Emerson, who's both Not of whom are taller than I am, um, <laughs> is at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. And he is 23 years old. 
22. Or two years old. We'll be 23 year old. Right. 23 this, this year. Um, but so, I, as I mentioned earlier, Lisa and I really definitely had a desire to be parents from the get-go. We had a plan to be parents further along in our marriage than, uh, than actually happened. But um, Spencer came along. Almost immediately. Almost immediately, <laughs> enough that people gave us funny looks when we announced that we were pregnant. And you could see them calculating nine months <laughs> from uh, the, the right. anyways. So uh, it was it was all quite above board and quite proper. Um, but we, as creative beings, we tend to idealize the vision of our work, whether our work is a painting or a musical composition or a Facebook post or a meal that we're preparing or an endeavor like marriage or uh, child rearing. And that idealized version, that perfect vision that we have never is the vision that we deliver. And it's uh, therefore um, we come up with tools and resources for making, for learning from our mistakes, mm-hmm. from mitigating the damage of those mistakes, and for developing and improving ourselves in whatever endeavor that we're engaged in. Parenting was really important to us. I think we both, I remember discussions where we talked about how we were going to raise our kids differently than we had been raised, not that we both. No, but came it was, from really great families right. with great great parents, but it you was a different You always want to try era. to do better than what you knew, generally speaking. I know exactly what you're saying. We were both raised well and with love, and obviously we wanted to do that the same. But we also, you know, every generation has some of their own ideas that they want to put forward. Yeah, our parents were great providers. Absolutely, they um, never did we want for anything that was. A need, right? Or, we or even our, that. even most of our wants, um, but it was a different time. You know, there was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of importance was placed on results, getting A's, getting into good good schools, getting good jobs. That was just the way that people thought that that those were the measures of a person's worth and success. Uh, there was not a, a, a time when parents expressed a lot of. Uh, openly expressed, you know, their love and affection to especially teenage uh, sons and daughters. And so we did some things right. Like, mm-hmm. well, our boys always knew, they always knew that we loved them, even if we'd had a, a disgruntlement or, you know, we had a conversation that to steer them differently. You know, we always let them know that we love them. And I wanted to say something about, You know, you're talking about child rearing and jobs and all that, that I think sometimes we get sidetracked with the idea of perfection and that can slow us down. It can derail us. It can um, actually stop us from even getting started on a new project because, you know, we're waiting for it to be just so or just right or, you know, I, I don't think I would have started Abundant Uncertainty with you last fall if I'd felt like I needed to um, first brush up on public speaking skills and you know have experience doing it in the first place but oftentimes you don't get experience until you get experience so learning by doing learning by doing yeah 
And one of the things that I am, so we had an idealized vision of the parents we were going to be. Uh, it wasn't too long, too deep into our parenting journey that we proved <laughs> like to be people. far right. less ideal than we had hoped. And I think that one of the things that I'm proudest of about the way that we approached all the mistakes that we made as parents is that we made sure that we owned every mistake that we made and that we let the boys know what the mistake was, what we wish we had done differently and that we were sorry, truly sorry. And we would always do whatever it took Mm -hmm. to make, make things right. And when I see, and we do that with each other. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I see it, you know, modeled in our boys behavior that, you know, they, um, they are thoughtful, they are caring, they are loving, and uh, they, they are people that are great friends to their friends and great partners to their partners. And they are uh, all in and they, but they are not perfect. And when they are imperfect, they, they own up uh, to any mistakes that they make. And well, that's perfection that's- doesn't exist. And I am a recovering perfectionist where all my life, you know, even back in grade school and high school, I had to go for an, an A grade. And if I didn't get an A, you know, it wasn't quite good enough. So, and that's, you know, that's kind of part of that era too. So as an adult, I've been really hard and critical on myself that I have to give, you know, I have to do my absolute best, which is great, but um, nobody's perfect. And if I do a job that's not perfect, you know, I've had to learn to accept that. And Yeah. I'm tying all this back into the idea of right. being creative on purpose is embracing the imperfections, mm-hmm. embracing the fears and right. the doubts and the uncertainties and the misfortunes and the obstacles and seeing them all as opportunities to develop yourself, to improve and iterate and strive to, to develop your potential mm-hmm. and to deliver better the next time. And I think another thing that ties into creativity that we exhibited uh well, most of the time as parents and in our married life is the idea of gratitude and generosity, right? Being grateful. This, you know, uh, this is not the work that we have to do. This is the work that we get to do. Having children and raising children was not the work that we had to do. It was the work that we get to do. I remember even well into the teenage years talking about having our boys is, it's like waking up and having it be Christmas every day. It was just, uh, you know, another, another gift, another opportunity right. to watch some, you know, something that you had a hand in creating, uh, become who they are, are becoming and being the gift in the world that they're going to become. And it was something. And now that they're largely gone from home, you know, it's, I really appreciate our parents' perspective when we left home and um, talk about it being Christmas. You know, when we get to see them now, it really is a true delight. It is just so wonderful. And I'm sure that a lot of you feel that too. Yeah. When you have adult kids. Well, and we're, 
you and I both moved far away from our parents right. after college. Right. So we never, so the connect, you know, the, 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 the face-to-face moments were few and far between, mm-hmm. have been few and far between over the years, um, far less than even once a year or twice a year. Um, and we are, feel very lucky that we can, we still see right. our oldest who lives in the same town or in the same County. We get to see him at least every two or three weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, Emerson is away at school. So we see him less, but I, That's you know, as it should be as normal. Right. But we still have the opportunity. And of course, in the digital age, we have the ability to stay connected in other ways, which is, which is great because mm-hmm. we have ongoing conversations. Not they're, they're the ones that, that taught me to text. <laughs> hate texting, but I love texting with my boys. Um, so generosity uh, or gratitude rather, but also this idea of generosity. There's a selflessness uh, and in uh, about being involved in a marriage and raising kids. But I think it's also really important to remember to take care of your primary asset, which is yourself. Yourself. That you can't, just like the uh, the stewardess teaches you in the pre-flight training. Flight attendants. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm politically incorrect. I, okay, so. I used to be a flight attendant 100 years ago. Right. So they teach you in an emergency situation when the oxygen max right. drops, you take it for yourself first and then you help the, the person right. next to you because um, you can't give in a healthy, generous way if you're if you yourself are depleted. And so the idea of continually um, nourishing your your own yourself, maintaining your health, maintaining uh, your your a healthy mindset. That happens to a lot of mothers that they give to their spouse, they give to their children and they put themselves last. And I think I did that myself for a while. We had an individual that lived with us that I gave care to and I um, backed up Scott as his supporter basically when he went off to gigs and I made sure the boys were all right. But um, we learned from that. I learned from that and It wasn't all the time, obviously, but um, it is so critical to take care of yourself. Well, and there's, there's purpose Mm -hmm. in involved in thinking about that. So, you know, we all maybe have been that person or have seen that person that says, well, I, I'm just going to take care of myself now. It's, it's my turn. It's, it's, this is, I deserve, I've worked hard. I've given a lot and I, now I'm going to take care of myself and, um, the, the purpose of taking care of yourself is so that you can continue to be of service to others, that you can continue to be committed to um, or keep the promises that you, that you made. And um, so it's, it, there's nothing inherently selfish about taking care of yourself. It's something you really have to do if you're going to be of the most benefit that you can be to other people. And if you're going to be able to serve them with generosity and uh, you know, I, we had that discussion during um, abundant, an abundant uncertainty episode about empathy starts with being empathetic to yourself. Right. You cannot see compassion. Yeah. You cannot see here and understand another person and understand the way they feel and appreciate 
the struggles or the joys that they're experiencing unless you are able to first do that for and within yourself. And you cannot go the next step to actually do something to uh, enhance that person's journey if you're incapable of doing that within yourself. So empathy and compassion mm-hmm. starts with you so that you can give generously and, and share, um, share your gifts with others. Right. So we're winding up on our half hour together. I haven't had a chance really to check to see um, if anybody's tuning into the live episode here, but we, we, if, if you are, we certainly appreciate you. Oh, there are some people here. Um, certainly appreciate you being here. And if you have any questions, um, since we're winding down, we're happy to, to, uh, take them. We do have Trish Hollinsworth says, hi, hi hey, Trish. Trish. Trish is like our number one fan. I think she's <laughs> attended almost every broadcast. We appreciate it's you. Good Trish. To have one. It is good. <laughs> As a musician, I'm very familiar with the sound of one fan clapping. Um, <laughs> So as we're wrapping up, is there anything else, you, any final thoughts you have on commitment, create creativity and commitment, parenting, spousing? I was just going to, when you were talking more, well, just a few minutes ago, I was going to refer, refer back to support. Um, even if you're not married, you know, if you're single or if you are married, it's, it's good to have support, you know, being creative can sometimes feel like a lonely endeavor or, you know, you meet some resistance or whatnot and support literally if you have a friend or, you know, if you don't have a spouse. Well, the act of living, living is a creative endeavor. Relationships are, are are collaborations and are improvisations. They are inherently creative endeavors as well. And creativity is enhanced by through maintaining a, a curious mindset and a courageous posture, and they are inhibited by certainty and confidence. It's it's impossible to remain open and courageous if you think you know all the answers, and if um, if you're if you're confident that everything that you do and say is is right, proper, and good. You have to. There's got to be some self-reflective built in and there's got to be this desire to continue to learn and develop and nurture and grow. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So that is uh that that is our that is our broadcast. That was fun. So that maybe was our conversation. That, that, so this has been a special bonus edition of the Creative on Purpose broadcast. And these um, broadcasts normally feature uh, guests that are not in in the room with me, and uh, I'm really really pleased to announce that coming up very soon is going to be. In fact, I think it's April 9th. Um, I'm going to have yet another one of my heroes on the show, Michael yeah. Bungay Stanier, who wrote the, the the book The Coaching Habit, which is one of my all time favorite books, and he's one of my all time favorite authors um, in this kind of personal development field um, is going to be on the show. I'm really excited because I just had one of my other heroes on the show not too long ago, just a week or two ago, Seth Godin, who wrote another one of my favorite books, The Icarus Deception, was on on the broadcast. So I'm on a roll and uh, we're going to keep that going, I hope. Uh, um, 
I think soon we're going to have Travis Rosser from Kajabi on the broadcast, which is the platform that I use to generate all my content. If you'd like to learn more, if you'd like to get more tools, concepts, resources, and a process for developing, developing and delivering your excellence in service to yourself through the work you do with others, I hope you'll go to BeCreativeOnPurpose.com and get started with the free preview. It's always great to see you there. It's always great to see you here on the Creative On Purpose Facebook page. And uh, we're going to now sign off and we're going to go have, it's Friday and Friday is date day. Right. And we're going to go see our friends, Peter and Eileen on the way to get lunch and do a little shopping. This is what married couples do for excitement (laughs) at this age. (laughs) But we always have fun because we're always together. So we're going to look forward to that. We hope that you all have a great day. Have a great weekend. If you're in and around Floyd, Virginia, and the weather is on the way uh, tomorrow, make sure that you stay warm and safe and stay in touch. It's always great to hear from you. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're still with us, we really appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with our guest wherever they live online. And it's always good to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus. Learning that does not lead to action is useless. So go out there and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters.